0: And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it.
1: But <laughs> hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want.
0: <laughs> Two people just winging it in life, and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting.
1: Hi, guys. Hey, welcome everybody. To-
0: Let's let's talk over each other for the next thirty minutes, <laughs> just like every episode we ever do.
1: <laughs> welcome to History of a Haunting.
0: Say hi now. Oh, are we trying this over? No. Oh, okay. Just... <laughs> You're welcome, Aaron.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like to have the last word. Oh you're like that's the the truth and the first word (laughs) and about 900 other words in the middle
0: and everything in the middle
1: (laughs) hi hi okay we're back we haven't left (laughs) we're refocused focus yes um we have been celebrating memorial day weekend because that's the weekend we're recording with um fun red white and blue themed drinks uh, so it's, um, going well, <laughs> it's going well. It's
0: can't say productive, but uh-uh. don't want to go that far. No, Mm-mm. I'm
1: trying to find the right word. Well, prosperously, prosperous. I actually think it's cost us listeners and money. Uh, um, <laughs> so I would say prosperous. Wah, wah. Right.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All of our tens of dollars.
1: Wait, why are you risking our tens of dollars? <laughs> what a dick. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, hi guys. Uh, we are here in my home. Uh, isn't it lovely? Uh, recording our episode on... Did we just, did we land on what we're going to call this? I don't know. Because it's the... It,
0: it's officially the Perrin family home, but it's also... The home that the Conjuring movie was based on.
1: Yes. And I think the actual name of the home is the Harrisville Farmhouse in Rhode Island. Um, And again, if we were any kind of podcasters, we would have researched this before we started to record. Yeah. But we're not. It's part of our charm. (laughs) Really. Let's see what these idiots are going to say today.
0: Well, I did kind of throw this together on Thursday after I was released back to work.
1: Yes, let's update everybody. Let's just dive right into our EVPs. We just have the one, and Archie's going to take it away.
0: So, I was not feeling well last Friday. So, after five days of not leaving the house at all... And bitching about it the whole time. whole time. Grubhub gets expensive, let me tell you. Which is fucking ridiculous, I'm telling you what. (laughs) (laughs) I finally got a call... That my test came back negative.
1: What day was that? Wednesday? Wednesday.
0: Wednesday. And the whole time I've been saying, hey, I'm just waiting for my results. Come back negative so I can do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then finally it came back. And it was and, negative. And it was negative.
1: Did somebody call you or did they email you? Somebody called me. Oh. Which actually,
0: I in my discharge instructions, I was told, set up my Banner health account and check back daily and... Checked every day, mm. no results, no results, that. no results. Then I got the call, I'm like, sweet, okay. Went back to work, worked Thursday, worked Friday, and then I thought, hey, I wonder if it posted to my Banner Health account. Oh yeah. And so I checked yesterday; hadn't posted.
1: Thank God somebody called that yeah. because
0: because I was going to follow the recommendations of waiting ten days, symptom free, yeah. and then going back to work because that that's ridiculous. I, there's no way I could have encountered it.
1: Why am I... Uh, I mean, honestly, you do go to the grocery store. You do go get gas. You do... Uh, it, um, a friend of mine was just diagnosed with coronavirus, and um, we were talking about where he could possibly have gotten it. Mm. And it, there's just... Unless these... unless individual like states or governments or cities or even corporations are going to do contact tracing. There's no way to know. If yeah, you get it, there's just no way. That's very true. You could have picked it up anywhere,
0: anywhere, but we we did do the responsible thing in my house, mm-hmm. which which surprised me, but it shouldn't have. Um the fact that my roommates, they they shut down everything. Yeah. Edward, of course, was laid off when all of this went down and Joseph has right. been working at Joshua Tree, and as soon as I told them I had to go get tested for it today, Joseph called people up. He said, Come get the van. I'm not going
1: anywhere. Yeah.
0: And Edward has been searching for work. He told his yeah. recruiters, I, I can't take, take inter- I can interviews. I can't take interviews until this is confirmed yeah. that he's fine. And so we just.
1: And that's a responsible thing to do. it was it was
0: very responsible, yeah, I very, I was very relieved to see that they were in that with me,
1: yeah, yeah, well, we did we did the same thing. We didn't really we didn't really go anywhere. There were a couple of days where I had to um I had to go and and get gas, and but then, you know, we were wearing masks and we weren't touching anything. We were like not interacting with anybody. Um, uh, my mom did have a dentist appointment on Wednesday at noon. But we were like, okay, if Archie doesn't get his results back by say Tuesday at three, you gotta call and reschedule this appointment. Yeah. So she called Tuesday and she was like explain the situation and she was like, he hasn't gotten his results back and um so let's so she rescheduled it for next week. And um yeah, so I mean that's that's what we were doing as well, because, you know, yeah. there's no there's, there's no other, there's no other thing to do.
0: There's no benefit in the risk.
1: There's no benefit in the risk um, and if folks want to go out and they want to start going you know places and getting their hair cut and okay, fine, great, go ahead and do that. not a problem. but if you come into contact with somebody who's even just been tested, mm-hmm then the responsible thing is to, to self-isolate yourself again. And I just and I certainly hope that the folks that are going out and, and doing all of these things and all the folks that are driving up north to northern Arizona this weekend mm-hmm. to go out and do all this stuff, I certainly hope that they would do the same thing if they were to come into contact with somebody that even was just being tested.
0: I just read an article an hour ago yeah. about a hairdresser who was asymptomatic for two weeks and exposed 91 people. Mm yeah yeah that's all right Uh, let's get off that tangent let's
1: get off that tangent because it ain't gonna help anybody um Mm. at all but yeah anyway so we're glad that your test was negative we're glad that you are back here uh so that we can get our drink on (laughs) and record this drunk idiocy i'm kidding um yeah, so that that's it. It's the only EVP that we have to review. Archie is back and better than ever and cootie free. <laughs> ultra cootie free? I'm ultra cootie free, not regular cooties. Not right. Re- he is regular cooties, but that's okay because we've gotten cootie shots. Circle, circle, dot, dot. Now you have a cootie shot. We did it all. Wow. Yeah. Does anybody not realize that that's the vi- that's the vaccine to the ultra cooties? <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. Circle, circle, dot, dot. Now you have a cootie shot. Everybody's fine now. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm totally. I'm calling up Anthony Fauci as soon as we're done here. <laughs> okay. So um, the let's, next. Thing- let's get into it. Well, no, we have our Patreon of the week. Oh, who is that? Patreon of the week is going to be your roommate. Edward Oh Yes Edward um, Edward was a A a Patreon For the last couple of months And I think I think you and I were both surprised When we got the email notification (laughs) We had a new Patreon And that it was Edward We were um, We were so overjoyed And um, So grateful Edward For your generosity And um, For being a fan of the podcast So we want to say Thank you very much And, And,
0: And I have to Give some feedback Oh He received the letter, the little card. Yeah. And he said, held it up and said, why the fuck did you mail me a card?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because it's fun to get shit in the mail. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) Instead of just being, you know, brought home by your roommate and tossed on your lap. Here, toss. Yeah.
0: Open this, read it, it's for you. What is it? I don't care. I mean...
1: (laughs) (laughs) None of my goddamn business. Um... Did you hear a knocking? Sorry. Was that you?
0: That was the couch.
1: Oh, I thought it was, I thought you were knocking us, or my mom was trying to get our attention or something. Um, anyway, Edward, yes, thank you. Yes, we mailed it, because it's fun to get stuff in the mail, and uh, the we had- bills. That aren't Bills. Uh, <laughs> so, thank you very much. We we genuinely appreciate you. We, lo- we love you very much, and we're very excited to have you back on the show to guest host. So, here's a standing ovation for you, Edward, our Patreon of the Week. Yay! Thank you so much, Edward. All right, guys. Let's get into this episode. We, um... Archie found a really great article um, that tells a really, what is you call it? A really cohesive story. It was a very cohesive story. Yeah, so this um, the format of this episode is going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be just Archie telling history and then me telling the hauntings Because the hauntings begin almost the second the family moves into the home. So we're going to do very similar to Skinwalker Ranch and kind of bounce back and forth um, off each other and the stuff that that we found. So, Arch, I'm going to let you get started. Go ahead and let's just dive right into this chaos farmhouse. All right.
0: Well, this article was on the Perrin family home, which is also known as the Conjuring movie house.
1: Yes. Now, you know the next question I'm about to ask.
0: No, I have not seen the movie. Of course you haven't. Of course I haven't.
1: You haven't seen The Conjuring 2 either. No. Which was our Enfield episode. It was about that. Correct. Correct. So we start
0: the season with Enfield, The Conjuring 2, and we end it with The Conjuring
1: 1. <laughs> because I make bad decisions. No. No, actually, uh, the reason, uh, what inspired me to, to have this... Um, Location B, our episode this week, is our friends at EVPI. And all of our listeners know Tony and Sheree and Chris and Audra by now because we talk about them almost every episode (laughs) these days. Um, But they were fortunate. um, So the family that owns the farmhouse now... Last week, or like the last week, week and a half, the family allowed a number of paranormal investigative groups to um, run live stream feeds of their home. Oh, this is the same house this is the same house oh okay yeah, and the family or the couple rather that bought the house and owns it now are are paranormal investigators mm-hmm. so they um, allowed a, a bunch of different paranormal Uh, professionals to investigate their house. They did a live stream um, to show everybody what's going on in the house. Not doctoring it, not anything. Some of that shit, Archie, was wild to see. Oh, man. It was absolutely wild to see. So um, I was excited. And I'm like, you know what? This is a famous location. And the story is Banana Sandwich. I know you hate that one. Banana word. sandwich. It's banana sandwich.
0: Not just bananas, but
1: deeper than that. I mean, it's a full-on fucking sandwich. <laughs> so <laughs> so that was another reason why I wanted to do this location, because it's just so phenomenal. Um, so yeah, again, right. for the ninth time, Archie, quit. J- okay. Get into it already. I'm Shit. trying. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: What I have was found as written on altereddimensions.net. Seeking to move the children to a quieter home life in the country, Roger and Carolyn Perrin purchased their dream home in the winter of 1970.
1: That's always the way it starts. (laughs) Right? People need to change their dream. If it's your dream home, find a different house. (laughs) It's not going to end well. (laughs) The old
0: Arnold estate was 200 acres in size and one of the original plantations in the area surveyed by colonist John Smith in 1680 and deeded to Roger Williams for the formation of the state of Rhode Island. The the
1: John Smith?
0: What's such a generic name? Mr. Pocahontas? It's very likely it was the John Smith.
1: Sounds about the right time. Yeah, it's right on I mean, I'm quite the historian.
0: Oh, aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Located on Round Top Road in Harrisville, Rhode Island, the 10-room, lovely, charming country home was built in 1736 on a beautiful plot of land with plenty of room for their five children, all girls to roam about and play. Nancy and Christine Perrin shared one room, Chris, Cindy and April another, and Andrea had a room all to herself. Except on nights when, as Andrea put it, the sisters came crawling into bed with her, trembling and crying in terror. Told ya. Fell apart the minute
1: they fucking moved
0: in. The Perrin family noticed something was amiss from the first day they stepped into their lovely new home. Later, it would be learned that eight generations of families had lived and died in the old Arnold estate, including Mrs. John Arnold, who, at the age of 93, hung herself from the rafters of the barn. Holy shit! Other unfortunate losses of life on the estate included several suicides, hangings, or poisonings, the rape and unsolved murder of 11-year-old girl Prudence Arnold... (laughs) later presumed to have been murdered by a farmhand. Oh, my God. Two, two sudden drownings in the creek located near the house and four men who mysteriously froze to death on the land. Jesus Christ. It did not take long before the parents understood why the previous seller advised them on the day that they moved into the house, leave the lights on at night. Oh, my God. This just, it's zero to a hundred real quick. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it, 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 goes south fast. So now at first the ghosts or the demon spirits as the Warren investigators thought of them were harmless. So yes, this is another location where Ed and Lorraine Warren had investigated. So they were described variously as opaque or somewhat solid in appearance. These demon spirits um But there were many spirits present in the old homestead. One ghost apparently smelled of flowers, while another would gently kiss the girls goodnight in their beds every night, which sounds sweet and charming. It does. But for a child to have somebody kiss you goodnight, that's not fucking there. No wonder they were going into their sister's room crying in terror. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um... Now another appeared to be a small young male that the girls would watch, mesmerized, push toy cars around the room that was propelled by an invisible hand. Oh wow! So here's my question with that: There's a little boy that they would watch, and he's pushing toy cars around with an invisible hand. So did he just like look like it was stumps, or like how did?
0: What? Okay, so here's where the inconsistencies begin.
1: (laughs) Maybe, but yeah.
0: um, Perceived to be a young boy. Well. Playing with cars. I mean, I guess. I
1: guess. But I mean, if it was all girls in the. You know what? Let's not split hairs. (laughs) Anyway. One apparition, which was presumably a female ghost, was a welcome presence in the home. Oh, I wonder if it, like, you know, was cooking and cleaning, because that would be a welcome. Yeah, yeah walks the dogs for you and shit. Sweep up. Nice. Makes your bed every day. Right. (laughs) What's the name? What's the, um, uh, what the hell is the name? Mrs. Wilson or whoever at the Stanley hotel that will unpack your clothes and like tidy up your room. Oh God. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so. Wow. Leia is super excited by all of this. Um, does she need a CPAP? I mean, she might. (laughs) Do they make those for dogs? If there's any vets listening, hit me up. Let me know. Um, so now the parents would often hear sweeping noises coming from the kitchen. She does clean up. She I does. Love, that's nice. Awesome. Yeah. When they entered the room, they would find the broom had been moved to a different spot in the room with a neat pile of newly swept dirt sitting in the middle of the floor waiting to be deposited in the trash <laughs> bag. I'm on board for this. This is starting out so well. This is starting out so well. Um, now, Manny was apparently another spirit that the young parent-children loved. Manny was believed to be the spirit of Johnny Arnold. Why are they calling him Manny? How do you get Manny from Johnny? Maybe it's his middle name that he went by. I mean, maybe. Um, (laughs) Manny was believed to be the spirit of Johnny Arnold, who had committed suicide by hanging himself in the attic of the house in the 1700s. (gasps) What's with this family hanging themselves? Well, it works. (laughs) I mean, I guess, but that's... uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Manny would appear before the children, often standing nearby quietly, watching the children going about their daily activities with a little crooked smile on his face, which I think that's cute. Um, He seemed to be amused at the children's playing. However, if eye contact was made with Manny, he would withdraw from sight just as suddenly as he had appeared. So it's kind of like you. It's kind of like me. No, it's exactly like me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll come to your party, but don't look at me. Don't look at me. Oh, you looked at me. Fuck, I have to leave.
1: Don't, no, I gotta <laughs> leave. Also, my name is Archie, but I want you to call me Reginald. <laughs> no. <laughs> no? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Cornelius? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Agamemnon. Oh, that's better. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, Agamemnon. Much better. Okay, sorry. Yes, thank you.
0: <laughs> In addition... Oh, oh my God. Your, your, he, t- he was just like your mom.
1: <laughs>
0: I know. <laughs> um, in addition to ghostly entities, the parents witnessed many other odd and unexplained phenomena.
1: Doo, 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 doo. Okay.
0: You paused
1: and gave me the <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
0: No more vodka.
1: <laughs> if we're gonna start axing all the different alcohol types from this show, it's gonna fall apart. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, some of these unexplained phenomena included beds that would levitate several inches above the floor. Telephone handsets would hover in the air and slam down onto the phone base when someone entered the room. And various household objects would glide about the house on their own.
1: Okay, well, maybe somebody was just pissed at their boyfriend and just hanging up. Maybe. Because, I mean... That was a common sound in my house when I was growing up, too.
0: Here's what cracked me up. Often, chairs would be pulled suddenly from beneath an unsuspecting guest.
1: Oh, God! Dick move!
0: And pictures would tumble from the walls. The parents also once reported seeing an orange ooze bleed from the wall and dissolve into nothingness. Oh, that's very Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's that's some pretty heavy...
1: I mean, there have been cases of, like, ectoplasm being found. There's a, a famous case, I think, in the Midwest, the demon house. Zach Bagans actually owns the basement door of this demon house. Of course he does. Yeah, it's in his haunted museum. Um, but I think they also would find ectoplasmy-type ooze, like an oily substance almost, coming from, like, the walls.
0: That's weird. Yeah,
1: so it's it's not it's a it's not an unknown occurrence in homes like this.
0: Well, like you were mentioning, not all of the ghosts at the Harrisville house were welcome visitors. Some would yank the girl's legs and hair during the middle of the night. Others would loudly bang the front door of the home with such force that the entire house would shake.
1: What the hell? What, what is that built up? <laughs> <laughs> Three little pigs, and this house made, this pig made his house of sticks?
0: Made it, made of sticks. <laughs> Doors would slam shut on their own, while others would stay frozen in place, unable to be shut no matter how much force was applied. One entity in the home routinely kept the family awake as it continued, cried out in the night, Mama! Mama! Wait, it cried out in the night? That's right? what it says.
1: I'm just reading what's in front of me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) While another apparition tortured eight year old Cindy, telling her over and over, there are seven dead soldiers buried in the wall.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: One of the parents recalled a small, delicate spirit, appearing to be about four years old, roaming the house crying, calling for her mother. Oh my god. One of the spirits was so evil. The Perrin family, to this day, will not disclose what it did to them. Andrea Perrin, who authored a book about their experiences in the home, House of Darkness, House of Light, hinted that the unmentionable spirit may have molested some of the young girls. Jesus Christ, seriously? When asked about this spirit during an interview, she avoided the question, telling the reporter, (laughs) let's just say there was a very bad male spirit in the home with five little girls. Oh my god. Oh my god. And that's that's all she's ever said and that's it.
1: She's she's known for that yeah, this there's a couple of spirits, incidents, things like that. Andrea Perrin's known for um clamming up about it when she's asked, but I think it's interesting that she would have that leading and then not and then just leave it at that.
0: Well let's speculate widely here for a moment. She was one of those five little girls. Uh Uh-huh. At the time. Uh,
1: That's, Jesus. That's that's, horrifying. It's horrifying. It's horrifying. Okay. So, the most horrid ghost in the home. This story just gives me the heebie-jeebies for days. Um, The most horrid ghost in the home targeted Mrs. Perrin specifically. Uh, She was known as Bathsheba. The entity was thought to be to have been the ghost of Bathsheba here we go. Albert. And we're off to the races. Was thought to be known as Bathsheba Sherman, a practicing Satanist and a witch who had lived at the home in the early nineteenth century and died there after Hanging herself from a tree behind the barn. Good Lord. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the parents were not actually a religious family. They were kind of weak in faith. And it was theorized. Did I say that right? You did. Good job. Yay me. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. um, Can I do it again? It was theorized (laughs) to be a primary factor for the particularly violent and active nature of Bathsheba's treatment of the family. So... Credence to this theory was actually strengthened when it was learned that the only previous resident not to report any odd occurrences was a local minister. Oh. Yeah, which we can talk about that for days. Um, Now, Lorraine Warren explained that this was important, and she said, quote, "'You only have your faith as your protection. I always had my faith. God protecting me allowed me to do this. At that particular time, the parents did not have religion, and it was very dangerous.'" So now, in, in 1977, in August of 1977, rather, an article in the local Providence Journal described the appearance of Bathsheba and Jesus H. Uh, I thought maybe we should invoke, like, not invoke yeah. him, but yeah. call him down here because apparently religion is key with talking about this woman. But this is what it said. Bathsheba was a vile, hideous creature described as having a face, quote, similar to a desiccated beehive. Oh, Covered in cobwebs with no real human features other than vermin crawling from crevices etched into the wrinkled skin of her face. Oh. What? Her head, round and gray, sat leaning off to one side as if her neck had been broken. Okay, hanging. Makes sense. Right. And an evil stench permeated the room when she was present. Oh, No. I need, a, no, I need a big sip after that. <laughs> I can't no. even picture any of that.
0: Oh, I, I can't. Desiccated
1: beehive?
0: Y- use what? your imagination.
1: Uh, and rather not?
0: I think I think that's a good thing for you.
1: I mean, if you guys could try to... You know what? No, don't. No. I was going to say, if you guys could try to draw her and send it... No, don't. No, I'm just sorry. don't. Sorry, sorry. Don't give me nightmare fuel. That was a bad idea.
0: Bathsheba Thayer was born in 1812 in Rhode Island and married fellow Rhode Islander Judson Sherman on March 10, 1844. When alive, Bathsheba had lived a life of solitude, an outcast of the community she lived in after being accused of killing her young baby as a sacrifice to Satan. Mm. The baby's body was found to have been impaled in the head with a sharp object.
1: Oh, God!
0: Lacking evidence, the case was eventually dropped. Bathsheba was believed to have had three other children, none of whom survived past the age of four.
1: Oh, God. Her children. I, I could say a ton of stuff about that, but there's a lot of women today that are in jail for the very same fucking reasons. Some people just shouldn't have kids.
0: Her children may have not been her only victims. Bathsheba was also known to have brutalized the staff, often starving and berating them for minor infractions. When Bathsheba died on May 25th, 1885, the coroner wrote that he had never seen anything like it. Her emaciated body had eerily solidified, seemingly turned
1: to stone. It, it, how long did it take them to find her body?
0: I it did not that say- That is not
1: how the human body decomposes. I mean, let's talk to, about that extensively right now. Right. So here's what happens. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But
0: yeah, that's. Um, if she was indeed a human. That's. Let's, wild, let's that's, wildly speculate. Uh, why not? <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot to go on about that.
1: I mean, there really is. There really is. And quite honestly, there are some really phenomenal podcasts that do. Their names escape me at the moment. Well, hopefully we can, but uh, I know they exist. <laughs> <laughs> just take my word for it. So it was easily recognized that Bathsheba had her favorites in the house. She would torture Carolyn Perrin, one of the daughters. Cindy was also a frequent target. Um, but apparently, she lusted after Mister Perrin. That's gotta be horrible. That's just gotta be horrible. Mm. Um, So during their stay, equipment in the home frequently broke. Roger Perrin would take the broken machinery down to the cellar to repair. While he was working down there, he often felt Bathsheba touching him, gently caressing his neck or running her hands down his back. Oh, God. Oh, God. But while longing for Mr. Perrin, Bathsheba abhorred Carolyn, his wife. Uh, It was clear that Bathsheba wanted Carolyn... Out of the house. And quite frankly, I would have been like, bitch, you can have him. I'm out of here. Bye-bye.
0: Well, here's a quote. Mrs. Perrin said she woke before dawn one morning to find an apparition by her bed. The head of an old woman hanging off to one side over an old gray dress.
1: No, no, no.
0: There was a voice reverberating. Get out. Get out. I'll drive you out with death and gloom.
1: Okay, again, bye, have him! Right?
0: In the beginning, Bathsheba's treatment of Carolyn was merely cruel. (laughs) Merely cruel. Carolyn would be (laughs) pinched. That's a powerful word. Right? Pinched, slapped, or have objects thrown about her. Her greatest fear, fire, was soon discovered by the entity and used repeatedly to strike terror in her as Bathsheba banged torches against her bed while demanding that she leave the home immediately.
1: Banged torches against her bed?
0: Yeah. What the fuck? Girl has no chill. I mean... No chill. She may make the room colder, but she's got fire to throw at you.
1: Let me tell you, I have had boyfriends where a girl tried to make a play for him, and it was like, bitch, get the hell out of here. If if I were Carolyn, I would have been like, See ya. Take him. Take him. He's yours. This is his birthday. This is his favorite cologne. <laughs> Hope you guys have a magical life together. <laughs> I don't know as I would ever love anybody enough to be like, you know what? I'm gonna, you know, yeah, I'm gonna fight this ghost for you. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Mm-mm. I kind of want Lizzo to write a song about this situation. <laughs> so. <laughs> As time progressed, the attacks grew harsher. No, 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 mm. no. In one instance, Carolyn was lying on the couch when she felt a sharp pain in the calf of her leg. Charlie horse? Maybe. Maybe. Let's hope. Here we go. Let's see what happens. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. She. No, definitely not. She examined her leg and she found a large bleeding puncture wound that looked as if a large sewing needle had impaled her skin. Oh. The. No. I scar very easily So I don't want A ghost poking me With sewing needles Like I can't It's a vanity thing (laughs) Later After threats Failed to motivate Carolyn to leave A dedicated wife Again I guess so Mathsheba took A different tactic And attempted to Invade Carolyn From within Whoa What Here we go Here we go Believing that Carolyn had been possessed, the parents called in psychic investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren, to assist them. Here they are. Here they are. Look, they just rolled up in their car. That's what it was. That's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Ed and Lorraine Warren. (laughs) Come on, sit down, even though they've been dead for years. That's where the ratings come from. (laughs) When we get them. Now... Ed and Lorraine Warren are often thought of, thought of as the original paranormal investigators. For decades, they helped investigate hauntings, demonic possessions across the country. In many other cases, they were able to convince the Vatican to provide exorcisms of the spirits that they found. The parents heard of the Warrens after one of their many public speaking engagements and pleaded with them to help save their mother. By this time, it was believed that Bathsheba had physically possessed Carolyn Perrin and this was an assessment that Ed Warren could not disagree with. Oh wow. Yeah. He says, quote, The night I thought I saw my mother die was the most terrifying night of all. She spoke in a voice that we had never heard before, and a power not of this world threw her twenty feet into another room. Holy shit. Mm, yeah. Unfortunately, the true story of the parents of the parent family's haunting ended differently than the conjuring movie actually portrayed. Um In reality, the Warrens were not successful in ridding the Perrin family of their hell bent tormentors. Carolyn Perrin recalled the dreadful night or that recalled that dreadful night, and explained that even though the Warrens' intentions were good, essentially they found that things got worse around them. Uh, As the situation spun out of control, Roger Perrin demanded that the Warrens leave the premises immediately. And I've heard I've heard stories like that about Ed and Lorraine Warren. While they were very good at their job, they um, sometimes, I feel like in this particular case, they might have gotten in over their head and exacerbated the situation rather than helped it. So, uh, oh, they're mad now, now they're leaving. Oh, uh, they're out. Peace. They're out, bye. Sorry, thank you for coming. Um, we've offended the warrants. Um, so yeah, I, I, I've heard that about them in, within this particular case. So, um, yeah, it's a very different ending than the actual movie has, which by the way, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. It's horrible. It's terrifying. It's the best shit ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as the parents previously learned that every occupant, except for the local minister and his family... Had reported supernatural phenomena. 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 <laughs> That's friendly occurrence.
1: Oh, oh, great.
0: <laughs> so then
1: it's a super cheerful... <laughs>
0: <laughs> the owner prior to the parents had hired a contractor to renovate the house. The contractor had been busily renovating the home when he suddenly stopped work and fled. It was reported that he had left the home screaming, leaving behind his tools and his car.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ! Wow! You would <laughs> probably heard, get away quicker if you take yeah,
0: your car. Yeah, the previous owners never moved in, and the home sat vacant for several years before the parents discovered it and bought it. Despite their unfortunate circumstances, financial constraints and otherwise, the parents were stuck, rooted in that house for ten
1: years. I mean, that's a lot of the reason why most of these families don't leave homes like this. Because they, they can't, can't afford just, to. They can't just up and leave. They, you need to keep a roof over your head. You need to, and especially like with us, we're working so hard to save money and to get our credit to where we can buy a house to invest all of that time and all of that money, and then it's horribly haunted. That Buying a home is not as easy as just running one and being like, fucking later days, see, right. I wouldn't want to be you. Mm-hmm. You can't just do that with a home you buy. I, I mean, I get it. I don't understand it, and I hope I never do.
0: Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Unable to flee, they endured the inconvenience of the friendly spirits and the torture of the malevolent ghosts bestowed upon them. Finally, in 1980, at the insistence of Carolyn, the parents were financially able to vacate the home, and they moved to Georgia.
1: Which Peace the fuck out? They, right. Ten years. I can't even. I can't even wrap my head around that. That they. In, but the um, the family in, in the Enfield poltergeist. They stayed there. The mother stayed in that house until she died in 2003 long after the kids were grown and everything. Yeah. Um, so, oh, geez, I don't know. So now, um, Corey and Jennifer Heinzen bought the farmhouse, again, formerly known as the Old Arnold Estate, in June of 2019. And they've already documented several instances of paranormal activity. These are the folks that allowed a bunch of different paranormal groups to come in and they did the live stream mm, mm, of shit mm-hmm. going on in the house. Right, right, right. Um, I'm sure we, you guys can find... This, these videos on YouTube, and if you can, I I highly suggest you watch them because the stuff that we've talked about in this episode is really just about the parent family's experiences, but um, it's not over. It's not over. Um, Oh, and
0: it'll never end.
1: It'll probably never end unless they do like a a thorough, like, cleaning. you know, bury Sage under the foundation and light that bitch up It's probably not <laughs> going to clear this house. But um, the couple is actually well-equipped to handle such happenings because they are paranormal investigators themselves, which I think is amazing that they were able to buy this home. Oh, like, But if anybody sh- that should own it. Oh, uh, It's probably why. It's them. Yeah. Right. Um, so now Corey Heinzen told the Sun Journal that they witnessed, quote, doors opening, footsteps and knocks That sounds pretty innocuous. Uh, But he did add that he had a hard time time stay. All right, let me start over. (laughs) (laughs) He added that he had, quote, a hard time staying there by myself. I don't have the feeling of anything evil, but it's very busy. You can tell there's a lot of things going on. Wow. So that is... um, that's what we have, guys, on this particular location. Um, we could have had another two-and-a-half-hour-long episode just going through all of the activity, all of the occurrences, certainly with the um, the live video that the Heinzens, the live video stream that they had mm-hmm. a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so we really just kind of scratched the surface of this home. Uh, in the end, it is uh, amazing. Amazing. It is terrifying. I... Props to Carolyn Perrin. I mean, guys, if you're going to find a wife, find one that's as dedicated and loyal as this broad. No fucking shit. I'm sorry. I wouldn't expect you to stay with me as a best friend. Ten years of that and and a possession?
0: Exactly. That's, That's a lot.
1: That's a lot. That's a lot. Um... So it is the conjuring movie is like I said it's it's terrifying and horrible and amazing and wonderful and I, I recommend everybody watch it because it's just it is is a sensationalized version of the occurrences at the house but at the same time a lot of the stuff that happened in the house the family's not talking about. Right. So maybe the hotel it set or the hotel, sorry, Leia snored and I <laughs> lost my mind, apparently. Um, at the house itself, maybe what happened in real life, maybe Hollywood couldn't be that sensational. Uh, they, the family oh, is certainly not talking about all their stories. That's true. Yeah. Um, I really do recommend everybody um, that's interested, certainly go out and look for Andrea Perrin's book. Um it sounds like a really good book. It does sound like a really good book. And I think when we watched the quick little interview that she had done when The Conjuring came out and she was going around doing interviews for the house, it showed the cover of her book and it said volume one. (laughs) I was like, oh my god, how many fucking volumes did this lady write?
0: Again, that is House of Darkness, House of Light.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I I, I recommend that. I would certainly, um, I would like to go and and find it and and read it myself. Uh, If I've you know, got Ten years to spare because I just don't have time to read books <laughs> these days. Um, but I'm very much like my grandmother, and I can read an entire novel in a day. Yeah. So hopefully, I can you know find some time for that. But yeah, guys, this is the original, the story that the Conjuring movie was based on, the Parent Family Home, also known as the Harrisville Farmhouse. So um, yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. It's um, a really nice bookend to the Enfield Poltergeist that we came back from our hiatus with. We are going to be um, taking the next couple of weeks off. We will be back with brand new episodes on June 20th, and we're coming back with a big, big heavy hitter. We are going to be doing the real-life story of the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose in the case of Annalise Michelle. So, All right. That's going to be a good one. Arch, I don't... yeah. The minute I suggested that, Archie's face like kind of got a little... Like, wide-eyed and a little pale. Like, I don't even want to research this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really quite terrifying. Um, but The Exorcism of Emily Rose is one of my favorite movies ever. Oh. And when I found out it was based on an actual um, real-life case, I, I became even more enthralled. So we're going to come back with that big, big, big one. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. We're definitely going to stay in touch with all of you guys. We're going to be doing some Facebook lives in the interim and, um, you know, interacting with everybody on social media. So, um, please, you know, stick with us. We're going to, we're not going away. We're just not going to be putting out full episodes for two weeks. Um, but June 20th, we're going to be back and we got some good stuff coming. All right. Yeah. So anyway, Archie, in the meantime, why don't you do your part and let them know where they can find us.
0: As usual, we can be found everywhere on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, at HOAH Podcast. We can also be found on our website at www.hohpodcast.com.
1: Yes, we absolutely can. Um, So, yeah, guys, thank you so much. We've got a lot of new followers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, So we want to welcome all of you. Welcome to the party. That's so awesome. I know, I know. By the way... um Archie, I think you wanted to give a little bit of thank yous to our listeners that um, I embarrassed Archie and wished him happy birthday on the social media. Oh, session. my yeah. God. That was so rude. It was super rude. I, Archie doesn't <laughs> make attention, um, which is why he's doing a podcast. Uh, why I was involved in a podcast. <laughs>
0: why he's strong-armed into a fucking podcast. So, yes. Thank you all so very much for the birthday wishes. It was embarrassing, <laughs> and sweet, and ultimately appreciated.
1: Even though so, uh, my name was cursed a lot. Oh, yeah. Fuck you. Repeatedly. Yeah. All the time. Every day. <laughs> well, we love you, and um, yeah, so happy oh. birthday again.
0: I love you, too.
1: And I love you all. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, guys. You made this day really, really special, and so we are very, very grateful uh, to you, as always. So, um, yeah, sit tight, and we will be back in just a couple of weeks with some amazing locations, amazing stories. Until then, be safe out there, because you never know who or what
0: is watching.
1: Yes. Have a great day. (laughs) Bye, guys.
0: Bye.